some uh, very very exciting news uh would you like to share the exciting news i'd love to um yeah well the exciting news is that uh we have finally released into the world um an eight episode documentary series uh called crypto land that is about you know basically every aspect of the cryptocurrency industry uh as it exists today and how it's affecting our world and yeah, it's really exciting. It was a huge effort from, you know, most of the people on our staff and in Vice News tonight. Uh, and I think we covered a lot of really interesting stuff. I'm sure we're going to get into it uh, in this podcast. But I mean, everyone's like beats and interests kind of went into this. And I think it's I think it's a really cool result. Yeah, if you, the listener, take anything away from this podcast, this episode of this podcast, it is stop listening to the podcast and go watch Cryptoland. Uh, it's on yeah, stop Mother- right now. Right now, uh, it's on Motherboard's YouTube, which is youtube.com slash motherboard. Very easy to find. The first episode is up right now. Uh, and I think we are going to talk a lot about it, but I wanted to play the audio from a trailer. Obviously, you're not going to be able to see the trailer, but uh, I think you'll get a, a flavor for what it is uh, from this. This is just for the people that haven't stopped already. Yeah, and are, exactly. and are currently if you're still here. <laughs> it's built for us. Like, it makes sense. It's low fees. It's no chargebacks. It's anonymous. Like, it's hello. I need you to squirt this on my app. Okay. Okay, this is this dumb digital currency for buying drugs online. Now it's a dumb digital currency and you can buy really expensive art to put on your TV. (laughs) It was not about, you know, becoming a millionaire or billionaire. The great experiment we're attempting is the separation of money and state. What do you think Abe Lincoln would have thought of Bitcoin? He would have loved it. Oh my God. Woo! Ransomware has really changed now to these at-scale attacks. This can impact whether I can potentially buy food for my family, whether I can get fuel for my car, whether I can actually get to work. This is real. I'm sorry, did you say monkey jizz? Yeah. (laughs) I took like 40 minutes on YouTube, half a blunt in, and I made my own code. I guess people liked it enough to just buy it for no reason. And I'm just like... When you first heard the word, like, cryptocurrency, what did you think of it? Money coming back from the dead. I think cryptocurrency is a net plus for the environment, and in fact, a big net plus for the environment. We're taking natural gas and converting it into Bitcoin. Gas is unable to be sold to a pipeline. That's a win-win for everybody. If you lose your password to your crypto assets, where are the guys you call? The only hope now is to recall it somehow. So, uh, sensory deprivation tank... A massive amount of mushrooms. I don't know. This is secure. I know where it is. I will always know where it is. It's like it's in the back of my hand. 
This is essentially a crypto anarcho capitalist nation come perhaps true. <laughs> yeah, we are cryptocurrency only coffee. We don't accept currency that is imposed by the state. Although you're kind of forcing me to use it right now to get a coffee, aren't you? <laughs> uh, well. I think you have to be a little bit crazy to be a citizen of Lieberland. We are all crazy, I think. It must be hard building a nation that you need a speedboat to access. Hey, we got the police, police, police. That's crazy. Well, there you have it. I'm going to give everyone a second opportunity to stop listening to this podcast right now and go watch Cryptoland. Uh, Last chance. YouTube.com slash motherboard. Uh, if you are going to stay here, like if you're driving or something, uh, you know, you can pull over to the side of the road and pull it up on, on your phone. But uh, if you're still going to listen to the podcast, we're going to talk about why we made this, how we made this, what we were hoping to do, stuff like that. Um, I think that... As Jordan said, basically everyone on Motherboard touched the show in some way, shape, or form. It's like we covered hacking, we covered sex work, we covered the environmental aspects of it, we covered the geopolitical uh, aspects of it and the sort of physical infrastructure associated with it. We talked about the politics. Um, We shot all over the world. So off the top of my head, we shot in West Texas, upstate New York, Miami, Puerto Rico, Kazakhstan. Uh, we shot in Lieberland, which is this disputed territory uh, in Croatia and Serbia, between Croatia and Serbia. We shot uh, in Vermont. We shot in D.C. Anywhere else, Jordan, off the top of your head? Uh, I think that about covers it, honestly. Yeah. and I, I mean, think, it's a lot. A yeah, lot it, it is a lot. And I think the the goal here was basically like, to show that so much of cryptocurrency and, you know, just so we think so much about cryptocurrency happening on the internet. And obviously a lot of it happens on the internet, but there's also like this very physical aspect to it. It's like when you think about Bitcoin mines, there are these gigantic structures in some cases, like the larger mines are like huge structures and warehouses that require a lot of physical infrastructure. And there's like a lot of shots in this documentary series of like backhoes building stuff. Um, and I think that, you know, crypto and blockchain may or may not be the future of many different things, but right now it is the present. Uh, like there are a lot of things happening with cryptocurrency that can be seen in the real world if you go look for it. So there have been other good documentaries on Bitcoin and on cryptocurrency, but I, I don't think that there has been one that has shot in so many places and shown so many different things and sort of shown how it's impacting our culture and power structures and the economy and all sorts of things like this. Would you, would you agree with that, Jordan? Really? I think like, I mean, what I really like about this series and um, I think just also speaks to like the amount of like viewpoints that we were able to bring into it um, just from like the amount of people that were involved. Um, But it feels really like current um, like it's really kind of like a picture of what's happening right now. Um, and like, I think that's really exciting because like, 
I know a lot of like there is discussion of like, you know, what all of this means, what the ideology behind it is, you know, what what the history of it is. But I think it's really exciting to put something out into the world that just kind of like indelibly stamps, you know, for posterity, like what's happening right now, like from like uh, miners that were like left China because of the ban. And now they're in the States. And now we're like figuring out what we're going to do on a regulatory scale to like um, you know, the ransomware epidemic to how sex workers are using this technology because the banking system is really fucked up um, to like, you know, shitcoin millionaires, all of this, like, and the environmental concerns too, like a lot of the stuff I think we encounter on like Twitter or the internet. Um, but it's really uh, interesting. And I mean, I think it's important to like see it actually happen. Like, you know, there's a lot of debate about like the energy it uses, how it supports fossil fuels, maybe. And it's one thing to kind of like have that academic argument. It's another to like actually see like two 20 somethings who are just like, yeah, there's money to be made. We're here taking like fossil fuels, like waste gas and turning it directly into bitcoins in this like shipping container here in West Texas. Uh, and that's like a really interesting thing. And I hope people. Uh, kind of get a pulse of like what's happening on the ground right this minute even though we shot this like last year over the few last uh over like the last few months or whatever i think that's kind of like the exciting thing about it yeah i think we were both getting a bit antsy because we made this i would say like september october november and we're edit we're we were in edit in december and finished up like the field documentary pieces right before the new year and then we wanted to make sure that we could launch it, you know, give it the promotion that it deserves. And there's just kind of like a lot that goes into publishing a show. Um, and even in those three months, like I was really worried because this space moves so fast that some of this stuff would become outdated, uh, but it didn't. <laughs> Thank right. God. Like or that it might like crash and no one will care about it. Like that happened like 2017, I feel like, like we were like writing a lot about crypto we were in it and then all of a sudden crash and like nobody cared really <laughs> in like a mainstream sense although like the industry carried on but like obviously crypto has kind of been in like a bear market slash crash for months now um but i mean interestingly like these like it's still here we're still talking about it if anything these issues have only gotten like more pronounced yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say, yeah. because there was a crash and I was like, oh, shit, like, uh, is all of this going to go away and are people not going to care? But we haven't seen that, you know, based on our reporting and our writing and, you know, the number of people that read our stories about crypto. It's like people still very much uh, are into it. And and there's obviously so much still happening. And, you know, with the kind of rising gas prices and inflation and the crisis in Ukraine, we've seen the market bounce back, the cryptocurrency market bounce back a little bit and not that it fell like that far. But during, during the crash, like we didn't see uh, disinterest from the mainstream in the way that we have in the past. And I think that does suggest that like crypto is here to stay at least enough people are trying to make a go of it that it's not going to like stop being a topic of conversation uh, anytime soon. Yeah. I then I think all of these episodes are like, like each one of them is a thread of like different sort of storylines that I think we're really just going to see like continue and evolve and like become more 
like entrenched like you know the issue of like the banking industry being fucked up and like discriminatory to like sex workers and other marginalized people like i mean i'd love to say that's going to be fixed but it's just not so like you know these episodes really kind of give you um like a good understanding of like where these things are now and like i'm confident that like um like if you watch it and you kind of like have a good sense of what's happening that's only going to serve you better in like the near future probably as these issues like continue because they're going to right so let's talk about how the uh episodes are formatted um basically we went into this thinking that we would do an in the field documentary piece and then throw back to a a studio discussion where we can kind of expand on the thing that we just saw and I mean, that's what we did. That's the format of the show. It's like every episode is 12 to 15 minutes. That gives you kind of like a microcosm uh, into a specific person or a specific Bitcoin mine or a specific topic or theme in the cryptocurrency world. But it's like if we were to try to do a documentary about Bitcoin energy usage, like you could make a feature length documentary on that. You could make something that's two hours long and still not tell the entire story. And so in this case, for the environmental episode, we shot, uh, as Jordan was saying, at this uh, kind of startup mom and pop, although it's just two two dudes in West Texas (laughs) who are using uh, fracking runoff to mine Bitcoin. And then we shot at a bigger Bitcoin mine in West Texas that is basically pulling energy from the grid. So a mix of fossil fuel, natural gas and renewables, and just kind of comparing the the general scope and scale of these operations and, and then talking about a little bit about, you know, what are the broader environmental impacts here, but it's like any way that you can make power, you can mine Bitcoin. And so I think in order to do an entirely in the field piece about the environment. It's like, we'd have to go, uh, you know, shoot with at renewable power, um, Bitcoin mines. And we'd probably have to shoot at like water dams that, that are mining Bitcoin and go all over the place. And it's just like, in terms of that being a digestible thing for people, it'd be really difficult. So we shot at these two power plants slash Bitcoin mines in West Texas. And then we have a studio discussion where we talk to um, Alex DeVries. That, that's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Audrey Carlton, who's on our team. Uh, and it's hosted by Krishna Andavolu, who is the host of Vice News Tonight and is a, an excellent host. And we sort of talk about the broader systemic issue of cryptocurrency mining and proof of work versus proof of stake, which is explained in the episode. Um, and I think we've talked about a little bit on other episodes of cyber and just basically like, here is the, here's the environmental beef and here's like the situation. And in that sense, it's like, it goes from being a documentary series to kind of being like a video podcast. Um, and we will at some point be releasing the longer studio segments, uh, because each discussion went on for about an hour. Although the full episodes that, that we're publishing now are an edited down version of those conversations. So it's like, 22 to 30 minute episodes, uh, including the field piece. Um, and I think it worked out really well. I was at, just to be totally honest, a little peek behind the curtain here of, you know, big biz, uh, video film hot shots here. Um, I was a little skeptical that, that the studio aspect of it would work because it's like, 
it's just hard to pull off in a way that is engaging. But I think the conversations are really good. And I think that they added a lot to the the field pieces. Yeah. I mean, that was like a continuing theme throughout this whole thing is that like, there's just so much here. Like there's so much, like we can make like a documentary and then like, there's still like a million issues. All good. I think that was my, just cr- I think that was my phone. Yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like there's like, there's so many issues that spin off of like any one particular thing that you can point to in crypto. And it's like, these, these conversations were an hour, but like they could have been like another hour, you know? Um, so, I mean, I, I, th- I hope we did a good job kind of like trying to capture as much of it as we can. And like, you know, a good example of it, I think, is the like all it episode. So we shot this episode uh, that's about like a father son duo that goes around helping people who have like basically lost their password for their Bitcoin wallet or like don't remember it. So they have like a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, potentially millions, like just locked up and they can't access it. Um, So this is kind of like, you know, it's an interesting human story. Um, It's like, it's entertaining as well. It has like a full arc. Um, And it's really just this kind of like specific thing. But then in the panel discussion, um, we talked to Pavel from uh, Trezor, which is a hardware wallet company. And and we kind of got into how all of this fits into the whole idea of being your own bank and self-sovereignty and, you know, the ideology behind that, you know, why you might want it if you're like a dissident, let's say, in a country uh, with like some kind of authoritarian regime or you're a marginalized person. And also how it presents like these like very sort of practical usability issues. So like I think that's an that's a good example that like we kind of try to replicate across the series where there's like a really specific thing in the documentary and then the conversation really kind of digs even deeper and broadens that out and talks about like the issues behind the issue, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's a really good example that you brought up because it's like, we film this, you know, in October, November, this specific episode, and we talked about these issues and then basically immediately we had the freedom convoy truckers in Ottawa who were raising money using Bitcoin or raising cryptocurrency. And then a lot of them had their, the access to their wallets cut off by the Canadian government, or rather the Canadian government asked the exchanges to cut off access to people who were using um, exchanges to store their Bitcoin. And I believe that the, you know, the exchanges, had to comply. They did comply, right? Yeah, yeah, they did comply. Yeah, and so to. and so that that raises the question of just like, okay, you know, you have these people cut off from the traditional banking system. Like they they can't really get a bunch of um they can't get like Canadian dollar um donations. Although maybe they were doing that. So I may be speaking out of turn here. But in any case it's like they were getting Bitcoin donations and then they were the ones who did not have paper wallets or hardware wallets or wallets that were not connected to exchanges were essentially unable to use it. And then you have the same issue happening in Ukraine with, and Russia, where you have some Russian, uh, some Russian customers of these big uh, Bitcoin exchanges, crypto exchanges, not being able to access their funds because, you know, maybe they're on a sh- sanctions list or maybe they are, um, you know, 
like that's just been we've written a lot about that but it's like it's a it, it immediately became relevant it's like the the way that the exchanges are handling the russia situation is very nuanced and very interesting and we've written a lot about it and it's obviously not talked about in this specific episode because it just happened but the themes uh, the themes that we talked about in the episode apply to current events. And I think that goes like across the entire series. It's like we, we talked about the bigger themes and then it's like you can see them playing out in the real world in real time, which is very interesting to see. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to take a quick break here for ads. We will be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, we are back. Um, Jordan, I wanted to talk about the first episode, the one that is up right now. Um, And I want to tell you a story that I'm sure you probably already know, but I'm going to tell you on the podcast uh, do you I'm know, ready. do you know about the the Bitcoin tapes or did before we started doing this? Did you know about the lost Bitcoin tapes? I knew they existed. I know they're they've been kind of like this like um like not urban legend because we know they're real, but like they they've often been talked about as like oh yeah we filmed in like 2013. We've never done anything with it, and they're just I always kind of imagined it as sort of like a. Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, warehouse situation. It, it's but about yeah, it's about that's as, all I knew. It's about as exciting as it can possibly as a story can possibly be that involves like looking for a hard drive on a Vice server somewhere, looking for some footage on a Vice server somewhere. So, anyways, um, way back in 2013, which I started working at Motherboard in 2012 as a freelancer and then full time in 2013. And Jordan, you were 2013 as well, right? Or, or was it 2014? I started freelancing in 2014, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so soon, like right before I started at Motherboard as a staff writer, uh, a handful of Motherboard employees went to Bitcoin 2013, which was one of the very first Bitcoin conferences. Uh, it was in San Jose, California. And it was basically like this big coming out party for Bitcoin. It was thrown by this guy named Charlie Shrem, who ran a Bitcoin company, uh, was kind of hot shit in the day. Uh, and he had a bunch of very important people there, like the Winklevoss twins were there. Vitalik Buterin, uh, who is the founder of Ethereum, was there, although he wasn't a big deal then, as far as I know. Like, Ethereum did not exist then. Um, oh. And... So we, we shot there uh, just to be, basically be like, wow, a lot of people are talking about Bitcoin. It's a big thing. Like, here's the first big conference. Let's make a documentary about it. And then the, you know, the people who produced the documentary and hosted the documentary came back to Brooklyn. And then we never made the documentary. And the reason that we never made the documentary is like, uh, there's various reasons. But the, the main reason is that the people who worked on it left Vice like before it could get done and so this footage existed but it was never turned into anything and then we started doing other projects and i don't know like we got busy and so 
we just never, never did anything with it. And over the years, whenever there was like a big Bitcoin story, people at Motherboard would be like, you know, we should really do something with that, with that Bitcoin footage. And so I, I went back into my email. Uh, I, I was like, I used to send lots of emails about this because I, I was like, we should definitely do something with this. Uh, and then when I became Motherboard Editor-in-Chief, it's like, well, now I have like the power to do something to do something with this footage because, you know, I'm the boss. Um, and so I, I sent various emails to people who worked on it being like, do you know where this footage is? And I sent emails to like our archival team saying like, hey, can you like pull this footage? Like, what's the deal with it? And time after time, they're like, yeah, we like we kind of remember that. And there's like existence of it in our system, in our like tr- our, our library system for footage. But uh, we don't like know how to get it or where it is. And so I don't know, after like, four or five different email threads over the years. We just, we still did nothing with it. And then we started this project like back in, you know, August, September. And it's like, if we're going to do a documentary series about cryptocurrency, like now is the time we need to find this footage. And so, um, you know, I guess we didn't, I didn't do anything differently this time when I was looking for the footage. I just like was a little more persistent about it. And there was someone in our, on our archival team who was able to track it down and upload it into our server and make it accessible. And like finally seeing this footage that I had heard so much about, but had never had the chance to actually look at was like, was incredible. Um, and Jordan, I mean, you, you watched most of it, but, but basically this is the first episode. It's the one that's up now that you can go check out on YouTube. Um, we, we, caught back up with Charlie Shrem, who is the guy who threw this conference. We used footage from that conference, and we also caught back up with Alec Liu, who was the host of the original documentary that never aired. So he was a motherboard writer who was really good. Like he wrote all about, he did all of our Bitcoin, earliest Bitcoin coverage and earliest cryptocurrency coverage back in like 2011, 2012, 2013. And then he went to this conference and he was so excited by what he saw at this conference that he quit motherboard and like went into the cryptocurrency industry and he still works in the cryptocurrency industry. He's no longer a journalist. Charlie Shrem has also had a really interesting life. Like pretty soon after this conference, he was arrested and went to jail for, I believe like a year, maybe a little bit longer than a year um, because his company was like tangentially involved with the Silk Road drug market. And it's just like, it's really, really interesting to look at the footage then and then catch it back up with these guys now and just see like how things have changed because that original conference was like pretty quaint. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's funny. Oh, for sure. Like um, when I was kind of like scanning through that footage uh, when you uncovered it and we were just like starting to make this show, like, I mean, on one hand it's like, it's like wild because it's like, oh, holy shit, that's Vitalik. Just like with his back turned, no one talking to him, like not a big deal. There's like Mike Hearn, like, holy shit. Like he, you know, was one of the earliest Bitcoin developers and then like declared the whole thing a failure in like 2016. And like, you know, lots of those types of moments. But like the setting itself is like about as like drab and depressing <laughs> as you can like imagine really and like you know we had this like like lame conference center in san jose with like essentially no decorations whatsoever (laughs) and like hosted by dan Ninan. i hope i'm saying his name right just making like some of the worst jokes i've 
probably ever heard in my life. Um, so it was like quite, quite a scene. And like comparing that to like, you know, um, the most recent Bitcoin conferences in like Miami, um, which are just like, you know, massive productions with like, you know, set pieces and like huge celebrity, like guests coming in. Like it's, it's really wild to kind of just like take stock of like just how much like things have changed and like just how big the industry's gotten. Lambos everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Rented Lambos probably, but yeah. Lambos nonetheless. Exactly. There were, I mean, maybe there were some Lambos at the first one, but anyone who had a Lambo did not have it from their Bitcoin wealth. Yeah. Um, at the time, Bitcoin was worth like $114 and 2013 is the year that Bitcoin blew up. Like, Price wise, I think it went over a thousand dollars for the first time in 2013, and then obviously like went up and down over the years. But like that was that was the first time where there was this like massive increase in the price of Bitcoin um, from like you know attainable to the average person. Like the average person could buy like one Bitcoin uh, to you know we're talking over a thousand dollars a share, if you will, per coin. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it was, I was glad that we were able to go and get that footage. And it's like, um, I think that there's still more there, like sometime, like to do a deeper dive and, and maybe do something even more with the footage sometime in the future. But I'm really happy with how this turned out. Um, and yeah, the, the, the other thing I wanted to mention, and Jordan said it earlier, but it's like, this was a true collaboration with, uh, vice, our colleagues at vice news. It's like, um, you get sort of the documentary storytelling that motherboard has done really well over the years, but hasn't been able to do in a couple of years because we focused more on podcasting and I mean, to a much greater extent reporting and writing. Um, but it, it feels like the first big motherboard documentary project in a few, like four or five years. So we're really stoked. That's, I think you can probably hear it in our voices, but it's like, please, please, please watch it. <laughs> Tell your friends I'm here begging you. Yeah, it's just like I mean the the best thing that you can do is just like share the YouTube link, like watch it, comment, upvote, like and subscribe. It's like it's something that on your friends' doors. Yeah, uh, you know, have screening parties at the um, largest TV slash venue you own. If like any owners of sports arenas are here or movie theaters, it's like you know, FTX Crypto dot (laughs) com. Yeah, you know what to do. Yeah, uh, we should rent out probably like a sky writing company, you know, to, to spell out the URL, um, in, <laughs> in cities around the world. But, um, I don't know. That's, that's our plea. I think we're definitely going to do more on, um, on cyber about crypto land. Uh, it will be less us hyping the show and more us talking about the specific, um, aspects of the, of what the episodes are and stuff like that. It's like, obviously we're going to continue our normal cyber, uh, episodes, but you know, there's an episode about ransomware. So we'll have Joseph on to talk about that. Uh, there's this lost wallet episode, which is basically all about hacking because the way that this father son duo gets into the wallets is they brute force the, uh, the passwords, which is really hard to do because Bitcoin passwords in general are very long. Um, but they basically use like a mix of whatever the person can remember about the, what their password may have been to then create like a, um, a, a list 
uh, for brute force scene purposes and then go from there. And it's like, they're pretty successful at it. So that's like really interesting hacking angle. And then, um, obviously there's like, you know, sort of the crypto sovereignty things that I know are very, uh, cyber adjacent. Um, but yeah, check out the series, please. Anything else, Jordan? No, I, I mean, I just hope people enjoy it. Um, you know, I think it's really exciting. I think like, you know, I, like I've been writing about crypto at motherboard for a long time by now. And, you know, for some time it was kind of like, I was sort of like the only one who was really like following it really closely. Um, and it's been really amazing to, you know, just bring everyone in and let everyone's perspectives, uh, you know, sort of their unique perspective from their beats and their beliefs and their lives, like really kind of shine on this topic. Um, and I, th- I think that's really valuable and really cool and I hope people enjoy it. Cool. Well, thank you, Jordan, for all your work on it. Um, I guess I didn't specifically say, but it's like Jordan was an executive producer on the show and, uh, you know, guiding light for like what the episodes would be and the tone of the episodes and how they were made and how they were edited and what they said and sort of like helped, you know, really guided, like, what are these episodes going to be about and where are we going to shoot and that sort of thing. Um, and I, I did some of the same, um, you can find it, as I said, at youtube.com slash motherboard. Please go check it out. Uh, until then, uh, you know, have a good weekend. We'll see you soon. Uh, farewell, Jordan. Thank you for joining. Bye. Oh, I didn't, I didn't fade that right. Sorry to everyone for that blast of sound. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.